Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, hey, good afternoon. Scott Luton, Greg White with you right here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are we doing? I think we're doing pretty darn well, don't you? I absolutely do. I'm 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 stoked about our conversation here today, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, I am really. Of course, anytime we have one Allison on, it's astounding, but just be ready, folks. We're gonna <laughs> so, double down. <laughs> so today we're gonna be talking about one of our favorite topics that is the manufacturing industry, right? And we're talking with two leaders, to Greg's point, that's really powering the industry into a new era. So stay tuned as we welcome in uh, Allison Grayless with Women in Manufacturing Association and Allison Giddens, a repeat guest uh, that's with WinTech and does a ton of things other than get sleep. Allison Giddens does not get any sleep, Greg. I'm Is convinced, that right? Yeah, I'm convinced she's got several clones to knock out all the good work that she does. Okay, but we'll, we'll have to out. ask her about that. <laughs> definitely. I think definitely. I owe one of those clones lunch, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yes. And I'm, and I'm months past due paying off. So, Like the famous taco place that y'all spoke about the last yes. time. One Tacos last time. del Chavo. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking about. So, Well, I am disappointed to hear that y'all have not had that lunch yet. So, um, But there's still time, plenty of time. We so, can fix that real quick. Easily. All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, let's share a couple of, of quick events. Uh, definitely a lot of stuff going on, especially in September, where Greg Supply Chain Now gets to serve as the exclusive provider for the virtual feed of the Supply Chain Insights Global Summit, hosted, mayored, led by the one and only Laura Cesari. Greg, yeah, tell us. On the other day, you threw the gauntlet down, so there is a hefty registration fee for this. But you said. If you can't get your boss to approve, um, you know, ponying up, approve the spend, yeah. Fees, send yeah. her to Let Greg. me talk to him. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. That's so, all right. I, look, I, I think this is the kind of event where you may spend fifteen hundred bucks to attend, but what you will bring back to your company will be more than tenfold the value. Agreed. Uh, I, I've seen events like this that when they are user focused, when they are practitioner focused and not, uh, not even theor theoretical focused, um, you know, they are so, so powerful. And while this is a view into the supply chain of 2030, it's also your path for how to get there. Right. So, um, and you know, uh, you can't be more objectively and professionally challenged as anyone who saw the show last week um, than, than by Laura Cesari. All she right. cares about is improving the craft. And um, she's been doing it for literally a decade. And I mean, pretty much solo. And, um, you know, she's very carefully curated the message that goes into this and who, who comes to it. It's not going to be a vendor fest. You're not going to have to defend yourself from salespeople. You're going to be among your peers and able to learn both from the speakers and from the sessions and from one another. Right. No sponsorships are allowed. That that really speaks to what Greg's talking about. So y'all join us September 7th, 8th, and 9th, just around the corner, uh, supplychaininsightsglobalsummit.com, or you can find the link in the show notes. Also, 
big event coming up with our webinar on on August 31st. This is new. This is a new webinar with our friends from Enable. And Greg, you may have seen yesterday where they announced yeah. <laughs> a big round of funding, $45 million. Yeah. So uh, join, if only to figure out what that was all about. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but that don't is- ask for money. That would be tacky. Can't right? do it. Uh, no, let's, yeah, learn and and you know hear what this company is doing that That's is right. so valuable. A data-driven approach to smarter deals, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Sharp, be there, be square, August 31st and December 8th, where we are celebrating lots of good news, successes, uh, leaders, and, and teams have been able to overcome well, quite a year that 2021 has been. So we celebrate the 2021 uh, Supply Chain and Procurement Awards, Global Awards, and you can learn more at SupplyChainProcurementAwards.com. Register, nominate, and sponsor. And if you do anything, just get involved. we got to celebrate a lot of good news and triumph. Okay, so that, now that we've gotten those program notes out of the way, a lot of good stuff there, let's say hello to a few folks, and then we're going to bring on our two esteemed guests here today. So first mm-hmm. up, Peter Bolay. Do it. Did you see Peter Bolay, who, uh, folks, if you love good food and you like sharing pictures and sharing stuff about food, check out Supply Chain Chow on Facebook. Peter shared a delicious steak dinner last night. Did you see that, Greg? Uh, no, I didn't see that. But I did see him promoting poutine yeah, uh, the other day, and I wonder if he has a recipe, particular recipe for it. So. <laughs> well, you know what prompted him? He said that, that all that steak talk with Kevin L. Jackson the other day prompted he and his family to go out, and, and you should have seen the pictures. Man, uh, but he's he's also, if you see there, he's <laughs> – He's channeling his best Robin Williams. Oh, how we miss Robin Williams. So great Let's to have you here. Scott, uh, can you do? I got to warm up for that. This, this little sinus head cold I've got isn't helping <laughs> me. But uh, Peter Bolle, great to have you here as always. Joe Moretta. Hello, Joe. Hope there this he finds is. you well and, and the podcast well. Mark Preston, the one and only Mark Preston. We're talking manufacturing. We're probably talk lean and continuous improvement. Mark is quite a guru. So great to have you here, Mark. Uh, let's see here. Mohib from where, Greg? The air capital of the world, Wichita, Kansas, yes. Wichita State University. And go shocks. <laughs> you know, Mohib, you always bring a blend of really smart contributions with a nice, steady sense of humor. So you've set the bar. We'll see what you can deliver today. But he says, good morning from WSU, Wichita, Kansas, home of Smart Factory Support Deloitte. How about that? Is that did y'all yeah. visit that, Craig? We didn't we weren't able to get to that. We got to virtually everything else. Um, literally virtually everything else. We were in a virtual uh, reality, um, I don't know what you call it, cave, which was pretty cool. Walking through an aircraft. I'm not supposed to tell you that. Um, <laughs> uh, not, a, not a classified aircraft, but um, yeah, it's an amazing campus. There is a lot going on, obviously a lot going on with the aviation industry, but right. this Deloitte Smart Factory is all about robotics and autonomous and automation. And it is, um, I mean, it is an impressive facility. So we got to talk to the people who are running it, but I couldn't fit it as tour into my schedule. Well, there's something about virtual reality and cave that just doesn't quite mesh and represent industry 4.0. So we'll, we'll run that down. I think that's what they called it. Maybe, maybe Mohib can tell us. I I can't remember the term that they used, but it was, that's just their term for it. (laughs) It was not actually a cave. Uh, Sean, (laughs) there's nothing, nowhere for a cave to be in Kansas because 
It's all sand and there are no mountains. Yeah, that's right. Flat as a pancake. Sean Melanson, hope this finds you well. It's been a while. Uh, great to have you here via LinkedIn. Welcome no to today's live stream. Of course, Amanda and Jada and Allie and Clay are all behind the scenes making the production happen. We appreciate Uh-oh. that as always. Check out this next one, though. Mom I is watching. <laughs> so, Donna Krejci, talk about a wonderful person, former no uh, doubt. CNN executive producer and full of tons of insights and best practices and advice for folks in media and journalism. So, Donna, great to have you here. And she oh. says, I can assure you that even as a baby, Allison Giddens never slept. I don't Ooh. doubt that. Oh, man. <laughs> Donna's just catching up on her sleep. That's right. Well, hey, welcome, everybody. I know we couldn't hit everybody, but you uh, have a wonderful conversation in store today. So I want to bring in, Greg, are you ready? I want to bring I'm in our chief guest. All right. Yes. Yeah. I just Did needed you, a couple seconds there. Did you yeah. iron your shirt today? No, I, I, I uh, <laughs> wore surprising. ironed it. I wore ironed it. What I've learned <laughs> is if you put on a shirt that's not too wrinkly, your body heats. It works it out. It works it out. Yeah, yeah it works out. It you're always. You're, but it you're, is clean. It is you, clean. You're cool enough to support a non-iron shirt as always. So with that said, I want to introduce our two guest speaker, our two guests today, our featured guests, superstars, yeah. Allison Grayless, founder and president for the Women in Manufacturing Association and its Education Foundation, and one of our favorites, repeat guests, Allison Crazy Giddens, co-president of Wintech and founder, currently treasurer of the Georgia chapter of Women in Manufacturing. There you go. Good afternoon, Allison. Allison, how are we doing? Doing well. So we've got. We're afraid uh, to say anything after that opening. Aren't you? no, You're afraid, aren't you, Allison? No. Allison's. I know where I she went. Have, <laughs> I think we have two very fearless individuals here. Greg. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I want to I want to pose a couple of fun questions here in our lightning round, as we want to kind of have a little bit of fun on the front front end. We also want to make folks hungry. So, so uh, I'm going to pose this question to each of y'all. So first question in this lightning round is is um, it's World Humanitarian Day, which is a great thing. I didn't know that was a thing. It was established by the United Nations in 2009. Um, so I want to ask you, and I'll start with Al- Allison Giddens. Um, with serving others in mind, what's one of your favorite charitable organizations to support, volunteer at, you name it? Well, besides women in manufacturing, because I know I'm hoping that Allison Grealis will highlight the Education Foundation. Um, I'm a big fan of local. So there's a Center for Family Resources is a metro Atlanta nonprofit, and they help to empower families to get out of homelessness and to help to sustain themselves. But they help kind of give them um, that leg up. So I'm a big fan, big fan of CFR. Love that. And then we got to throw in, of course, the Dave Krejci Foundation, one of our favorites uh, that helps get Atlanta kids into sports with, especially for families that can't afford those, those crazy athletic fees that have just you know come with the time. So great work there at Dave uh, Krejci Foundation. And what's the URL for that, Allison? Uh, the Dave Krejci Foundation is DaveKrejci.com. And the uh, URL for Center for Family Resources is thecfr.org. Love it. Okay. All right. So over to Allison Grayless. Allison, welcome to Supply Chain Now. Great to have you here. I want to say we rubbed elbows at one of our events uh, a year or two ago, where I think Allison Giddens may have, may have stepped in for you. Um, let's talk about your favorite. What's one of your favorite charitable organizations you like supporting? Yeah. So, you know, first and foremost, I'm a bit partial to our own education foundation. So we have a education foundation that year round works to make education and training affordable for all women in manufacturing careers. So our web address is www.wimef.org. And we do charitable things year 
around to raise money to provide affordable education and training for women. It helps support new programs like our newest that we're launching, our Women in Manufacturing, Empowering Women in Production Program for Women on the Shop Floor. And then locally, I am very engaged with the Private Directors Association. So it's a newer association that um, began, I think, about five, six years ago with a mission specifically to help create um, board-ready individuals as well as engaged and powerful boards. And I personally am really passionate around getting more women on boards. So it's something that um, I work here in the local Cleveland chapter to um, help them uh, help women and others be board ready and help companies ideally recruit more women to their private and public boards. I love that. Uh, love that mm-hmm. uh, passion and the action behind it you're taking. So both of y'all really. Um, and Greg, you know, you, you do a bunch of work, uh, a lot of times kind of under the radar for a lot of charitable efforts. What's one of your favorites? Uh, well, probably the, my top two are McKenna Farms. So Megan Timko was on the show and uh, I joined the board of that in the last year. Uh, McKenna Farms is for neurodiverse. So think along the uh, the autism spectrum and other people, you know, who have um, sometimes brain injuries and things like that. It's a, it started out as, as horse therapy, um, but it ha- now they do occupational therapy and, and all, all, all brands of therapy, but always around horses, which makes it a whole lot of fun. So um, it, it's a great, you know, that's a great one. And then of course, one I was introduced to when I started college, uh, the ALS Association, Lou Gehrig's disease, for those of you who still know the greatest baseball player of all time. Um, Other than Hank Aaron. Yes. <laughs> and Pelo Fidel. Um, and um, so ALS Association, you know, just there is no cure for ALS and it's not coming soon. So it's a lot about supporting the families and the those afflicted with ALS because it is obviously it's terribly burdensome um, wow. thing. So, uh, but both of those I really re- really enjoy and have and uh, have been doing ALS now for let's just say more than two decades, okay. Scott. I love that. And we got to stop there. That's our, that's right. our rule of thumb. Right. Because if I'm doing the math, it's closer to four, but yeah, more than two. All right. So we're going to shift gears on a, and go on a much lighter note. We're going to talk about one of our favorite things to talk about in these parts, and that is food. And and you know how I can say that with not even smiling? It's because poutine recipes are being exchanged in the comments. So I saw that. <laughs> and Rich, hey, Rich, great to have you back via LinkedIn. He says, poutine, delicious heart attack on a plate. And he ain't lying either. If you've ever been to Montreal or particularly anywhere in, in Quebec, it it is a staple. And, All right. you know. It's like if you go to a Mexican restaurant in the States, instead of getting nacho chips, you get poutine. Man, yeah, check this stuff out. Amanda, oh, yeah, you do. Loves the Women in Boards Initiative. I agree with you there. Precious, hello. Great to have you here via LinkedIn. And of course, Azalea, one of our one of our own Hall of Fame members here, part of the Supply Chain Now family. Great to see you, Azalea. Okay. So let's talk about ice cream. Yes, ice cream on supply chain now. And there is certainly a supply chain behind it. But but today it is National Soft Ice Cream Day. Now, I want to ask, I'll start with Allison Grayless for this one. So give us your favorite, your go-to. And if you want to ask, you know, share your flavor too, your go-to flavor, that'd be great. So Allison, what you got? Yeah, so I feel like I have a, a plain response, but mine is the go-to McDonald's soft serve. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I think I had one to two a day and it still <laughs> continues to be a, a lover of the, the vanilla soft serve ice cream cone. We actually just went through the drive-thru and had it last night as a treat to celebrate my son's first day of freshman orientation. So that's my go-to. Awesome. That is awesome. Now, you're not alone. 
There's so many people that love that, that there's been an app created by someone not affiliated with McDonald's that will track um, which restaurants have not run out of the <laughs> um, the, the soft serve. Do How they crazy? run out? Wow. Yeah. They do. Uh, thank you, Allison Grayless. Yes, they do. How about that? The machine was just always broken. <laughs> well, that, that could be. But it's spur it's spurring technology advancement. That's how popular that answer is. So thank you for sharing, Allison. Wow. And congrats to your I think it was your son that just kicked off his freshman year. Is that right? Yes. Love it. Where do you want to share where he's going? Yeah. So he is we're in Avon Lake, Ohio, and he is going to Ignatius, a Jesuit boys school in Cleveland. Wow. That's Love a great it. school. Well, congrats to him. Uh, I gotta share before I go to Allison, Amanda says Chick-fil-A. Ice dreams are the best. Uh, Matt Giddens says McBroken.com. Hello, Matt. <laughs> is that what it is? McBroken? I love it. <laughs> uh, and then Allie says Zesto's chocolate and vanilla swirl with rainbow uh, sprinkles. Love that. Okay. All right. Allison Giddens, what is your go-to? If we're talking soft serve, it has to be soft serve, right? Soft yes. ice cream day yes. or whatever it is. Um, sweet treats on Marietta Square is delicious because they can make any ice cream, any flavor, so uh, my kind of go-to is the white chocolate mint. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Um, and Matt is confirming what we all, McBroken.com will tell you which McDonald's ice cream machines are operational. Wow. Man, thank oh, he's uh, Matt on the money there. I love that, Matt. That is a very important use of IoT technology right there, people. If you're looking for applicability of new technologies, that is a perfect one. I'm with you. All right, so Greg, <laughs> you got to spill the beans. I'm I'm Dairy Queen. Um, honestly, as everyone learned of my ignorance on the pre-show, the people in in the in the box seats already know of my ignorance. I didn't even know you could do other than vanilla flavors with with soft serve ice cream. So I am headed to Sweet Treats um, later today. I have to right. It's it's National Soft Ice Cream Day. Soft right. Ice Cream Day. So I'm I'm going there. Um, but yeah, I didn't even know you could. You could do other than that. So uh, Azalea says, if you're lactose intolerant, it's gelato. So Azalea is waiting for that national gelato day. And mango well, that'll be in Italy. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's not bad either. <laughs> mango sorbet is one of her favorites. Um, all right. So Greg, well, wait, 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 wait. Yes. You. Oh, uh, well, it's not so I'm gonna break the rules because I can do that. The Pink Dipper growing up as a kid, bubblegum ice cream, uh, you know, having about 25 rock hard pieces of bubblegum after you finish the, the flavored ice cream was one of my uh, long time traditions. But I'm also a big fan like Allison Grayless has mentioned that soft serve McDonald's ice cream for like a buck or something. That's tough to beat. It's really is tough that what beat. it is. It's really a dollar. It's something like that. And then also Holy like macro. if you've seen the movie uh, Founder. Is that about Ray Kroc? Whichever yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. That's about um, Ray Kroc. Yeah. I love that story about the soft serve that's part of that whole um, that whole uh, uh, backstory. So, all right. So, you got everybody hungry, Greg, Allison, and Allison. Great job, everybody. Um, and as Lee is bringing up these McDonald's French fries, y'all know my position on that. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump right over that. But, Greg, <laughs> on a more serious note, yeah. what are we talking next with Allison Allison? Well, I think uh, now that we know what they like in terms of ice cream and and you know where they put their uh, philanthropic hours. Let's figure out what the heck they do for a living. So, uh, Allison Giddens, you've been on the show before, so some people might know. So, so we start with the surprise. Um, Allison Grayless, if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about what you do, about 
women in manufacturing and, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, how do you spend your day other than with us? <laughs> Which is lots of fun, by the way. And I'm thrilled to have been invited to chat today. So I have the great pleasure of leading the Women in Manufacturing Association and as well, it's Affiliated Education Foundation. And our organization is the only national association year-round working to support and promote and inspire women in manufacturing careers. And um, we're very focused in three different areas. So the first is on supporting a community for women in industry. So when I started the organization 10 and a half years ago, it was because we, we didn't have organically a community for women in industry. You know, many women felt like they were the one of only just a few or sometimes just the only woman in their facility or their company, um, especially those small to mid-sized companies. And so we wanted to create an opportunity for them to connect and to find one another. So we started with that impetus to create the community. And I'm happy to report that as of today, we've now surpassed 8,100 members Wow. in 44 states and 35 countries. And 6% of our membership is male. So we're very inclusive as well of men getting involved as allies in the organization. Um, so community is a big focus, secondarily training and education. So helping women and companies have the right resources and accesses, access to training tools that are effective. And, and then the third is to, to, to provide people access to um, networking and education close to home. So Allison is involved in one of our chapters. We now have 30 of them throughout the country. So again, um, especially trying to reach women at all levels, chapters are really critical to that because we know lots of people can't travel out of state for training or to meet others. So our chapters have been really critical to our growth and success. Wow, that's, that's fantastic. You know, just yesterday, I read and published a little commentary on an article about uh, about women in supply chain in general. And I have to feel like your organization's momentum has to have had a big impact on that because it was one of the few industries where we closed the pay gap for women under 40. Um, we're seeing not only more than often, more than one woman at the table in meetings around supply chain, more and more often seeing women at the head of the table. Um, and, you know, and that's been a huge boon for the industry, obviously. I mean, it's great it's great that we are, um, you know, we, I think we're making a really significant effort to be really, really inclusive as an industry. We need to do more, of course, but that we're seeing results and we're seeing results in relatively short order, especially over the last year and a half or so um, is impressive. And I think it, it really brings light to organizations like yours and how you have affirmatively pressed for that inclusiveness. So mm. I really appreciate what you guys are, are doing. And we've heard a little bit about what you all are doing in the past from Allison Giddens because of her role founding the, the local chapter here. Um, and also, it turns out Allison might be one of those uh, women in leadership as well. So I don't want to give it all away, Allison, but can you share with us a little bit of, uh, of what you're, you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? Sure. So yeah, I, I was introduced to women in manufacturing. It must have been within two years of it being born. Um, and so I, I stumbled across it. I want to say it was in, a, in like a Sky magazine or something from flying and then see, opening up, you know, and figuring out that somebody had already done the crossword. Thanks. And um, then flipping <laughs> around and finding the. Guess I better read this article. Please. What's this ad? Um, and so right next to, you know, the overpriced uh, stuff in Sky Mall. Uh, right over there was an ad about this industry organization. I'm pretty sure that's where I stumbled across WIM, but um, was introduced to it by going to one of the first national summits and recognizing that I was surrounded by people who thought like me 
And that was really different. And I, I remember coming back to the office and realizing just how authentic and genuine the people seemed. So I had recognized there wasn't anything like that in my area. I reached out to Allison Grayless and her um, her very uh, much smaller crew than today, um, reached out to them and said, how do I get my own chapter started? And so they helped me. They kind of guided me along that way. We had Allison, what, like five people or something in the area? It was like nothing. And to, I mean, today we're, I think we're hundred, if not more within our chapter, but wow. Um, wow. it's been fun. It's been fun to watch. Love that. Yeah, that is, that's fantastic. And, and uh, tell us for those who don't know or remember, since we already mentioned it, what do you do at WinTech on kind of a day-to-day basis? So I am, um, my business partner, John Hudson and I own WinTech and he handles the uh, shop floor manufacturing quoting side and I handle operations um, and so we work together on process improvements and such. Uh, we make a really good team. We've kind of found that um, that whatever he's good at, that I'm not, and whatever I'm good at, he's not. And uh, just really good, really good partners in this. But we've he's worked at WinTech for 25 plus years of its 33 year existence, wow. and I've been here 15 years. And we just purchased the company from our um, our mentor and and the founder of WinTech back in October of 2020. So been a, a fun fun first year and you're um he's not watching right now is he dennis probably not he uh, he was not a fan of shall we say anything computer related he was much more he'd rather be running parts and watching the shop floor than it, he was watching a webinar okay stream. that's good and your partner is probably running the shop floor right now i don't know right? maybe sure yeah. so so i think it's safe to say that to let people know that you're the real boss well, I just can't make it seem like I am. <laughs> but it's kind of like like where I tell you, if you go to a concert and you really want to go backstage, you wear a t-shirt that says staff on the back. You can go anywhere. Kind of all it takes here is I just make it look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> well, we know that's not true. So, and since that's not true, I want to ask both of you another question, which is, okay, so I think we understand generally what you do on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, both of you see a lot of what's going on in your respective offices and businesses, but also kind of in the broader supply chain or broader in manufacturing or frankly, broader um, business world. So curious, what are maybe two or three things that really have your attention right now? Good, bad, or indifferent, but you know that you've re- you're really keeping your eye on uh, now. So since we've got you I want to call her AG. I can't even do that. I can't say Allison G. Allison Giddens. Since we've got you on the on the talk track already, you want to share that with us first? Sure. So things that I'm I'm watching in my industry, a workforce development is a big one. Um, that pipeline of finding finding people to run machines, finding people to, to yeah. hire. Um, I think the challenges, yes, the economic challenges and the job market challenges are tough, but manufacturing, we've had we've had an uphill battle for a while now. So this this has not helped. I think tapping into those markets that we've not really made an effort for before, um, whether it's women in, in the industry, whether it's veterans, um, those kind of communities, I don't know that we've done a good enough job in, in um, really marketing to and, and painting the picture for. So watching that for sure. Um, cybersecurity, it's really, really big in manufacturing right now, yeah. especially in aerospace industries. That's another hot one. So those are kind of the two highlights for me these days. Okay. Uh, that that's really interesting because you know more you know we publish articles almost every day about some topic and and I heard 
I heard someone talking about manufacturing and why it's difficult to get people into manufacturing is these three D's that people perceive is the marketplace. I don't think it's necessarily true anymore, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Dark, dirty, and dangerous. You've actually listened to some of those shows where we've said that, haven't you? (laughs) Um, I mean, what's the real truth about manufacturing these days? It seems more and more it's electronic and automated and, you know, and less physical and dangerous. And of course, less dark and dirty for sure. Right. It's different. It's, um, there are, there's never a boring day. First off. Um, there's always something to me, it seems like there's something for everybody. I just talked to a, a young woman who graduated a local college with mechanical engineering degree and we were having lunch together and she said, I want to find something that doesn't mean I'm going to be in front of a computer all day. But at the same (laughs) time, she said at the same time, I don't want to be necessarily running a machine all day. Yeah. And so I was, I was kind of introducing her to the concept of their jobs out there, process improvement um, coordinators and shop floor people that are needed to observe the way things are happening and then go back to the computer and run numbers and run programs and, and then go back to the shop floor. And, and she was fascinated by that because it was more of a like a doer kind of role, yeah. um, but still using analytics. So, I mean, if you look at the past 16 months and and the the value, I, I think the perceived value of manufacturing has gone up even more when people can't find stuff on the shelf or, um, you know, that's the supply chain manufacturing overlap there. Um, people are starting to value the industry, I think, a little bit more and seeing that um, that those kind of things are really important to, to be able to know that you're very much going to be needed at your job. So just real quick, so people understand what is it you guys build? What is your products? What are your products at Wintech? Mainly aerospace uh, precision machine parts. So a lot of ground support equipment for military and um, things for defense contractors and such. Yeah. So I mean, we're not talking about we're not ta- talking necessarily about stamping metal. Not that that's not not a great practice. Scott Luton, he can address that too. But I mean, this you know we're not we're not talking about steel beams or coal or anything like that, which I think is kind of the view that people get. This is real technology and it's really heavy technology driven production as well, right? And it's, as you said, high, high precision. Oh yeah. And, and you'll hear terms a lot in manufacturing like FOD and lean, things that you have to have a clean shop floor if you're in certain industries, especially because you can't have oil or paint flakes end up in an aircraft engine. Right. So right. You know, there, there are things I, I think that um, I think we're, we're slowly doing a better job. I know Alison Grealis can speak to a lot of this is it's about the marketing that we do for manufacturing, too. If you look at some of the corporate members with women in manufacturing, the names are so impressive. that You're like, oh, yeah, you, the, the brands themselves, you say, heck, yeah, I'd want, you know, that that'd be a company I'd be proud and working for. And you just kind of have a, a different connotation. You don't imagine your brain doesn't go to, oh, a grandfather's garage in Jersey. You know, it's not right. It's not, it's not a line of thinking. Well, and that's a great segue. I don't know how you did that because we certainly didn't set that up. Um, but <laughs> more and more, we see technology, we see analytics, you know, we see planning and we see science in manufacturing. So, um, Allison Grealis, I'd love to understand kind of, especially since you really have your finger on the pulse of what's going on in manufacturing in across companies like Wintech and all of the other ones that you work with. I'm curious what two or three things really have, you know, have your attention right now? Yeah, I think some of the, the key things that we're focusing on and they were, are related to Allison's comments as well, really around um, kind of two key areas. First, the recruitment of talent. 
So we know that uh, manufacturing companies continue to struggle with finding individuals to fill positions. And it's not just manufacturers. As we all know, in our local communities, you know, our restaurants are on wonky schedules because they can't find people to, you know, serve and to cook and to clean. Um, So it's not just manufacturing, but uh, there's a shortage of talent. And so companies have gotten really creative in how they recruit. And so we've tried to develop some resources to help companies as it relates to recruitment. We're now powering virtual career fairs. Um, We as well have a job board to help companies find talent. Um, Recruitment is really critical. And again, marketing is a huge piece of that. So we're working with companies to share their stories of what their companies are doing because present workforce is looking not just for a great company to work for, but they want to understand, you know, how is that company, you know, fostering sustainability? How is that company giving back to their community? So we're trying to encourage companies to do a better job of showcasing those elements as well as their culture and things that job seekers are really um, citing as keenly important when they're looking for their their first job or their next job. Um, We as well are working very closely on retention. So we talk a lot with members present day around the impact of COVID on women in manufacturing. We launched a new network and a new community to year round support specifically that unique audience of moms in manufacturing. So if you look at the statistics of the number of women that have dropped out of the workforce, since the beginning beginning of pandemic, it's really startling. And we know that, yeah. you know, moms have unique challenges with, you know, trying to balance and integrate personal life and professional life. And then, you know, throw into their schools not being opened, childcare not being opened. And how is a woman able to sustain her career and to kind of balance it all? And it was near impossible for many women, which is why we saw so many women unfortunately leave. Um, so we've started a new mom's manufacturing group. Uh, you know, to provide year-round support for women, to provide solutions, and then as well to help companies find those right resources and solutions to help retain women. And we did some research last year, and the two things that were cited from women when they were asked, you know, how how can we keep you in manufacturing, and what's going to be a, an attractor if you're not yet in manufacturing? The two key areas were flexibility and childcare were the areas of importance. And just last night watching the nightly news, um, which I do pretty ir- irregularly, um, uniquely that the top story was an interview with a woman who was talking about her challenges in her industry and um, her, her challenges with childcare and the lack of affordability for it. So yeah. you know, big challenge. And so we're trying to work with our members to um, be progressive, to be innovative as we keep working moms in manufacturing. I like that. Yeah, yeah no doubt. I mean, that's, that's a tough role because in manufacturing, you have to be there. Right, you can't take your manufacturing home like you can your laptop, right? So that that poses a very, very specific challenge for everyone who can't be on site. Yeah, being there is a challenge, but companies are getting creative. So we've heard of some uh, manufacturing companies who've created mom schedules. So they allow an individual or parent schedule, really. Um, they allow them the opportunity to do a drop off, come into work at maybe a later start than what would be traditional, and then leave before pickup time. Um, so, you know, there are tons of talented women with advanced degrees and education and interests who are often sitting at home waiting for how do I get back to the workforce? So yeah. companies are, are figuring out how to tap into that talent. One of our member companies as well just started a returnship program that they're actually going to share and present to our corporate member community coming up at our winter conference. But a returnship program where you're tapping into, again, women, others who have been out of the workforce for a while to help them um, get entered into manufacturing. Mm. That's very cool. I love it. I think uh, empathetic leadership that takes action to they they are able to see all that talent. Sadly, on the sidelines in many cases because of 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 uh, other priorities and and other needs, finding a way to 
to get them engaged and get them involved. So I, lo- I love hearing stories of that. And so flexibility and childcare are two things that we need to take mm-hmm. from this conversation. Um, okay. I want to switch gears a bit here. First, I want to say hello to a few folks. Charles Walker, talk about outstanding uh, leadership. Charles Walker is with us. And he also says, um, one of y'all mentioned uh, veterans, good point on marketing of veterans or making it clear to them whereby they don't um, uh, probably automatically assume requirements and count themselves out before applying. Excellent yeah. point there, Charles. <clears throat> uh, Dr. Rhonda Bumpenza Zimmerman is back with us. Rhonda, I hope this finds you well in Arizona. It's been fascinating to learn all the possibilities in this industry. So many opportunities to be of service and make a difference. Love that. Okay. So I want to get go. I want to f- dive in a little bit deeper to the women in manufacturing organization. I want to start though with some hot news. Uh, Greg, do the do the CNN beep 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 beep. This is this is right <laughs> off the presses. <laughs> Thank you very much. Full <laughs> So, uh, kidding aside, Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame that the uh, that Wim created. Um, when did when did y'all found the Hall of Fame, Allison Grayless? So we created the Women in Manufacturing Hall of Fame last year. We had our inaugural class of 2020 inducted virtually, um, but we had um, our first class last year, and this year marks our second cohort of inductees. So it was just released, I think, uh, either yesterday or this morning, and y'all inducted, I think, nine people. But one of them, Peggy Gulick, has been with us a couple of times. I think she's one of our collective favorites. Um, last time she was with us talking manufacturing, she really talked about the practical uh, intentional, successful approach to innovation, not the buzzword you hear about, right? Not just brainy, uh, not um, just bar, uh, brainstorming or you know, talking new ideas, but making it happen enterprise-wide. So she is fascinating. But t- tell us who else was part of this class or, or a couple folks. Yeah, so we inducted nine individuals yesterday, or yesterday we announced their induction, which will happen virtually on October 6th at the final end and closure of our Women in Manufacturing Annual Summit. And this class is so very impressive. You know, the Hall of Fame was set and designed to recognize women who have had a long career in manufacturing. So many years of service, these are usually women who are at the tail end of their career or kind of that that, that latter stage um, and where they've had significant impact on both changing the culture and the climate and the success of their companies, as well as um, the pathway, leading the pathways um, for women to be successful in manufacturing. So our class of nine is outstanding. Um, most have been in industry for the bulk of their professional career. And um, many were innovators of policies and programs that are long lasting and will affect future generations. So and we've got women who are heads of diversity and inclusion, um, women who were involved um, for many years in automotive. And then new this year, we've created a male ally program or a male ally award um, for someone who really helped women in manufacturing get started. Um, the, the award is named after Bill Gaskin, who is the former president pre- president emeritus of the Precision Metal Forming Association, where I had the, the luxury of working for many years of my professional career. And he was my mentor. And without him, we would not have been able to start Women in Manufacturing Association. Um, he helped incubate us and give us that resources and lots of industry guidance to, to start an association. Um, so our award is named after Bill. It's sponsored by Zurich Manufacturing out of Mount Kisco, New York. And um, Bill will be the first recipient. And then each year thereafter, we will celebrate uh, another male ally in manufacturing. Wonderful. Love that. Yeah. Congrats to all. And um, we'll look forward to celebrating their official induct, induct, inductment maybe in October. I don't know if that's the right word. Um, but the the big 
Troy, now the question for you, Allison Grayless, is does it come with a, um, like NFL, the golden jacket, yellow jacket, you know, any jackets or hats? What, what, what are we to bespoke? Trophy. Them? Yeah. Do you make a, like a bronze of their head or? Oh, man, even better. We don't have a cool, colorful yet jacket yet. or blazer. Um, so we don't have that yet. We do have an amazing award that is handcrafted by a local um, wood manufacturer. So the artisan's name is Susie Frazier. She's out of the Cleveland area and she does some beautiful awards that each of our individual recipients will get um, to take home and, and to be able to kind of be reminded of that special day and in their induction. Um, so we have that and we'll in the future look at maybe some apparel or clothing. Wow. Well, I love, <laughs> look, that's a wonderful, I, I love that. So Susie, great work wherever you are. Uh, I love how y'all have incorporated that. And Charles, I agree with you. That is good news and something we'll have to celebrate this week. Uh, Mohib says, well done, Allison Grayless. Soon enough, we would need your experience to lead us in human in manufacturing. Are we not desperately working ourselves out of physical jobs in manufacturing? Sign him up, he says. Now we'll save that for another show. <laughs> there, there are several sides of that, uh, right. that discussion. Um, Charles Walker makes a great point. You know, there's also many veterans with advanced degrees and experience on the sideline as well. Excellent. And while seeing welcome to uh, the live stream via LinkedIn from Bangladesh. Great to have you here. Okay. So let's switch over to the education. So we talked about Hall of Fame. Let's talk. Well, hang on a sec. Allison Giddens, weigh in on that Hall of Fame. How cool is that? Or talk, let's say good things about at least one of the so, stuff, you know, together. Yes. So there's um, what I really liked this year, what I've been excited about is the fact that this national conference is coming up, the National Summit for WIM. Last year, um, it was a virtual for obvious reasons. Uh, this year, I'm pumped because it's a, it's a hybrid. And I'm going in person because I'm desperate to see people in person and live. And um, the, the Hall of Fame thing, it, the, there's a gala happening the last night of Summit. And so for anyone interested, and I'm sure that show notes will have the links and stuff like that. But um, on Women in Manufacturing's website, there's a, a way to, to sign up for Summit. But there's also you can come to the gala. And uh, Allison, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can go to like the Summit and the gala or you can just go to the gala. So yeah, there are lots of options. And actually this year too, for the first time, fingers crossed it goes well, we are live streaming the whole conference as well as the Hall of Fame Gala. So again, we don't want to create barriers for people to be able to celebrate and get connected with our member community. Um, and, you know, again, we're staying very uh, attuned and aware of CDC guidelines, and we're going to keep people safe to the best of our ability here in Cleveland. Um, but we hope we'll have a very large virtual audience as well, helping to celebrate and applaud other people who get inducted this year, as well as to be part of our sessions. We have 30 educational sessions this year at wow. Summit, and we're live streaming them all. And we'll be actually feeding, similar to today's session, um, live questions from our virtual community that's listening live with us in each of the sessions. Outstanding. Wow. Okay. And there's a silent auction. Oh, sil I love silent auctions. get really dangerous. I love auctions that are silent. Love that. <laughs> um, let's, let's make sure we put that link team in the comments too so folks can find out a lot more about women in manufacturing for the sake of time i, I want to skip right ahead to um allison and and uh, giddens and your backstory here because uh, a lot of folks may not know have no clue 
that you're a founder of the Georgia chapter and where you now serve as treasurer. So tell us that story, if you would. So, yeah. So we, uh, after I got back from the summit, the national summit and touched base with Allison Grayless and her crew up in Ohio, I said, I, you know, I'd love to do something like that in, in Georgia. And it was really uncharted territory at the time. There were a couple of other chapters that existed, but they were primarily in areas that were very heavy manufacturing areas. I mean, geographically, they were Midwest. It was a no-brainer to be able to reach out and, you know, you couldn't throw a rock without hitting somebody in manufacturing. And if you did that, you should probably be arrested. But <laughs> in Georgia, there were, there's a lot of us, but we're spread out. And so it was a little bit more challenging to get started. But um, there are a handful of people that have been with the chapter, the local chapter here in Georgia since day one. There's um, Suzanne Lauda, who is a rock star in Ag at Agco in Duluth. Um, and so she kind of headed up a good portion of that part of the state. We've got um, a handful of people out in Savannah, uh, Gulfstream, the area. There's all kinds of, uh, like I said, spread out all over the state. Um, but we've had a really good time now being able to um, be here for newer chapters. So when South Carolina started their chapter, we partnered with them kind of on a joint event across the border there. Did you have um, to talk slower for folks from South Carolina? Slower, and hey, much. disclaimer, I'm from South Carolina, so I can pick on I know, I know. That's <laughs> um, but no, they were, they were so much fun. And then we have uh, WIM Tennessee uh, is fairly new. So once COVID gets done with whatever it wants to, you know, continue ruining things for uh we will reach out to them to hopefully pair up on some stuff we've talked about same thing with women alabama so there are all these different partnerships and all these different um groups that as local as things are for manufacturing it it helps to kind of create a lot of a lot of additional other fun bubbles i love it i love the benchmarking that's that's important for industry it's important for associations it's important for you know founders entrepreneurs greg speak to that a second before i circle back to allison grayless well, I mean, I think that I'm, I was just looking at the event page and also the chapter list, which is substantial, uh, 44 states. I can't off the top of my head identify which ones are missing, but I do notice that Kansas is missing, but that would probably have to be women in farming. But um, <laughs> I mean, there, I don't know how much manufacturing actually occurs in Kansas, right? But um, I think you cover the vast majority of states and I think... Allison Grayless, you said 35 countries. Is that right? That is correct. We've got members in 35 countries. We don't yet have an international chapter, but we're working on it. So it. our intention is in 2022 to do a networking kind of launch investigatory exploratory event in conjunction with Euroblack in Germany and Hanover. So we know that we have many members that have exhibits at that very large ind industrial trade show and um, hope to test the waters there. But, you know, virtualization has been good for us this year. You know, we were worried at first as we had to make the transition to virtual programming, but our chapters were rock stars. They delivered more than 211 programs last year all wow. in a virtual way, which is crazy and amazing. So they did an excellent job of keeping members community, our member community co connected and, and supported. And then um, we found as well, we had international people starting to join all of our events, both locally produced and our national events, um, because they could do so for the first time pretty easily and affordably because it was all virtual. Love that. Um, you, you know, so much potential, so much potential yeah. for engaging and providing resources and encouragement and mentoring. And uh, and, and it's going to power, as we talked about on the front end, this efforts, initiatives, leadership like this does power industry into the next era. So I love what you are doing here. I wish we had a second hour to, to talk more. But, um, but, you know, one of the things Greg and I get a lot in the whole team here, all the different hosts and production team, is we get questions around, hey, how can I 
find a job? How can I break into manufacturing or supply chain or what have you? And then how, how do I progress? So um, after I share this, I uh, had no idea. Mohib's nickname was Slow Mo, uh, Greg. <laughs> how about that? I love that. Thanks for sharing. I don't know. I've, I've talked with Mohib in person. And let me tell you, he talks pretty fast. <laughs> well, he, he enjoyed that that little uh, uh, thrown, uh, stone I threw to my, uh, my family and friends in South Carolina. But anyway, kidding aside. So folks breaking into manufacturing, breaking into industry, right? Um, let's assume, and I'll start with Allison Giddens here. Let's let's paint a picture. You're keynoting uh, to a huge, massive ballroom in the nation's capital. There's thousands and thousands of folks that are all sitting on those sidelines that we talked about earlier, right? Folks that um, want to break in, they hadn't had that job yet, they hadn't had that opportunity yet in the manufacturing industry. So what's a couple of pieces of practical advice that you would share with them? I would say, first off, don't sell yourself short. I'm, I'm seeing that there are a lot of um, friends and friends of friends that are coming to me with their resumes and they're selling themselves short. Their resumes are uh, much blander than their personalities that I know. Um, I would say that um, hmm. it, to, to get their, their foot in the door, I'd say take this in two different ways. Um, highlight certain things on your resume that set you apart. And if that is that you are, uh, you graduated from a university with underwater basket weaving as a minor, put that on there because something put, puts what makes you you on your resume. And then that second part of the equation is find just that one person who can help say your name when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. So whether it's a man or a woman, then find that person who's going to have their ear to the ground for you. And sometimes all it takes is that one and have them send you ideas, sit down with them, stay in touch, um, send the thank you note, um, things like that. But ultimately, I would say make sure you don't don't sell yourself short on your resume. Your resume doesn't have to be boring. If somebody's got 50 on them on their de on a desk, the one, the person that I'm going to call is the person that looks most interesting, to be honest. The person that, yes, has the skills that I'm looking for, but the person who I can say, okay, this person's going to, I think they're going to have a good time at this office. I think this person's a good culture fit. Love yeah. it. I love that. Uh, I want to share what Megan's sharing in general. She says, congratulations on starting the international chapter. Such an exciting time for manufacturing and more specifically for women in manufacturing. I agree with you, Megan. Thanks so much for joining in via LinkedIn here today. Okay. Allison Grayless, same question. And Greg, you're not getting out of this question either. I'm going to ask you, <laughs> ask it to you too. Um, Allison Grayless, if you had that same opportunity, the stage is yours. What, what are a couple things you'd share? So I think I'd echo some of what Allison said and, you know, just a, a shout out to those who have joined us on our podcast. So Women in Manufacturing now hosts a podcast he called Hear Her Story. And our closing question on each episode of Hear Her Story is what advice would you give to future generations of women in the workforce and women in manufacturing? And I think closely to what Allison cited is something we hear time and time again, which is to be authentic. So don't hide who you are as a person, bring your whole self to work and to your position and to your resume, um, because that is really, people want authentic individuals as part of their organizations. So I would encourage women to be themselves, um, secondarily to know that they're supported. So one of the reasons that we started the organization, as I mentioned, is that we didn't want people to feel alone. You know, there are 1.5 million women in manufacturing, and we are here as a sisterhood to support one another, to, to provide opportunities and advice and resources. And then my third recommendation would be is leverage relationships. So relationships have hugely impacted my career. I'm sure they've impacted Allison's career as well. But relationships, both personal and professional, are critical. And you need to find those people, to Allison's point, 
to be your advocate, to be your sponsors, to, to kind of share your story to others when you're not in the room, when you're not at that conference. Um, because we know hiring decisions happen from often managers, many of which are male managers. Um, so you've got to figure out how to find mentors in your organization, both men and women, who can mm -hmm. um, be that ally for you. Love that. And I think it looks, looks like we're dropping a link to hear her story, the podcast, in the, in the comments as well. So I appreciate you sharing that. And by the way, uh, Precious says, rooting for you all and will join from Nigeria. I love that. Um, and Melissa, she's been speaking of, uh, Allison Giddens, to your point, she's been talking about y'all without y'all in the room. So I love that. She tagged so, another Allison. See, Allison, we're taking <laughs> over. That's right. All right. So Greg, quickly, in a nutshell, what would be your advice? Yeah, I think I think to understand that um, men are not the benchmark, right? I mean, this is something that I've taught my daughters. I've I've always said you're good enough, or you have you can do anything. I don't add, add that with you're you're as good as a man, or or you can do anything a man can do. I don't think men are the benchmark, and I think when I think specifically about women in the workplace, the gifts that they have are different, sometimes substantially different, but they're just every bit is valuable. And um, take that qualifier out. Don't even aim for that because m most of you know a man, hopefully your, your father, but even even that is a flawed individual and not the benchmark you know, for anyone. You can be better than anyone before mm. you, whether that was a man or a woman. So love that. That's, that qualification just needs to cease completely. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, all right, so 1.5 million women in manufacturing. Let's double that. Let's double that next month. And uh, as as Allison <laughs> talked about, hey, no pressure, B Allison. Hags. <laughs> B hags, right? Go big or go home. And let's also double double that in the boardrooms, right at the C level, which we know is is one of the biggest gaps we have. Let's let's make sure all voices are heard. So I love what y'all are doing. Let's make sure, folks. I hate you blink, and it's 12:56. I hate that. Um, Allison Grayless, how can folks connect with you? So they can connect with us through our website, which is womeninmanufacturing.org. They can also um, listen to our podcast. We'd love to, to have you folks listen to the episodes. We've had some great guests and we're looking for future guests. So if people want to share their story, they can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then the foundation that Allison mentioned um, is womenef.org. And we will have our silent auction going live the second week in October, and we'll have some amazing gifts that people can bid on. And all of those um, generous gifts and donations go to support our education foundation. I love that. Uh, yep. Honored to meet you, Allison Grayless. Thanks so much yeah. for your time. Allison Giddens, how can folks connect with you other than being a part of a couple of cool interviews that, that you're facilitating on Supply Chain Now's behalf with folk leaders from uh, Mattel and Peloton and others. So that's going to be really cool. But how can folks connect with you, Allison? Um, definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on it quite often. So would love to connect with folks there. And if you're in manufacturing and you're watching this, and even if you're not local, get in touch with me. And I'd love to connect you to your local chapter because I promise you there's stuff going on. I, I promise you too. And I also promise you that uh, you will benefit greatly by having Allison Giddens in your network. It's what she, uh, there's no lip, lip yeah. service leadership with both of these uh, leaders, but, but I know firsthand from collaborating with Allison Giddens for a long time. So it's a treasure and a pleasure to have you right here at supply chain now. Okay. So 
big thanks to you both. I hate to let y'all go, but we'll talk about you once you go into the, the green room. So we have a few minutes there. I don't want to stick around. <laughs> Allison Grayless with Women in Manufacturing Association. And be sure to check out its education foundation. And of course, Allison Crachy Giddens, co-president with WinTech, founder of the Georgia chapter and leader of the Dave Crachy Foundation. So thanks to you both. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks. Greg, how cool was that? I, I, didn't, I completely expected uh, the hour to fly by. We're talking one of our favorite topics with some of our favorite yeah. people. What's What was your favorite thing they shared here today? Um, you know, I think the probably the biggest thing is kind of the drive, the duty, the, I don't know, the, the commitment, right, that they have and that and the progress that they've seen. It's fortuitous, maybe serendipitous, whatever, that just yesterday, I read that article about how supply chain, how women in supply chain have progressed, and in some cases at a greater rate than in other industries. And I think that's largely due to initiatives like this, right? And um, just making people aware uh, that the issue is out there, that the industry is out there, um, and manufacturing as a, a subset of the industry. I think Allison Giddens really made a great point that it's not stamp, you know, it's not, sorry, man, it's not stamping metal. It's not, you know, running a drill press, right? It's computerized technology. Often it is analytics. It is the combination of all of those things. It's observing and improving process. And manufacturing is not what you, you know, what you saw in the Rocky movies or whatever, right? It's a totally different game than it used to be. Um, and it's, there's science and, and technology involved there, just like there is in any other business. But you're also physically making something. And I got to tell you, as someone who has really only ever sold things in retail as a practitioner or built technology that virtualized everything, there's a lot of satisfaction in using technology to physically build something that you can see someone put in their hands on their aircraft in, you know, into practice. Um, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, goodness that, that comes to you by, by doing that Agreed. as well, actually building something. Uh, agreed. But, you know, I'm not going back to your earliest point. I'm not surprised that our industry, the supply chain industry, meaning, you know, end to end supply chain industry, manufacturing, procurement, you name it, has made big strides. Look, we're, we're filled with practitioners that are driven by action, right? Mm. That's uh, it, it is the global supply chain is going to get us into the post pandemic area. It's the global supply chain is going to help us address these inequities and, and these other long standing challenges. And it's testimony, it, it's being led by folks like Allison and Allison, right? Folks of action. It's not deeds, not words. So yep. uh, we stand with these efforts. We are doing our best to spotlight these efforts. In fact, I'm really cool. Uh, this afternoon, I think I shared pre show, uh, I'm going to be sitting down with kind of the, the cutting edge generation, uh, Rachel Clark, who is president of Howard University's Student Supply Chain Association. So I'm looking forward to taking about 17 pages of notes, kind of in that reverse mentoring uh, fashion, right? So that's going to be really neat. But uh, lots of comments here. Megan loved your advice. Uh, as we mentioned, we dropped the Hear Her Story podcast in the comments. I'm with you, Mohib. Girls rock. My karate kid trained to take down three boys in less than a minute. Man, don't miss. Dude. Hey, no pictures. If, if it didn't happen, if there are no pictures, right? So I want to see like a 15 second video of that. Right. Uh, Sylvia. That's awesome. It is awesome. Sylvia hated to miss it, uh, but she's in the port of Charleston working on a project. Ooh, um, also, you know, we're talking about the East Coast ports the way we have been talking about West Coast ports for a year now. I mean, this disruption in the supply chain has hit every single port 
in the in the states. That's for right. Sure. Probably in in the world, but gift, definitely in the states. Gift keeps on giving for sure. But Sylvia, I enjoyed the uh, the dinner special dinner you dropped in Supply Chain Chow on Facebook. So uh, all the best to you and your family. Okay. Wait, what was it? Uh, it was it was it was a uh, like a traditional German uh, meal. I can't remember the German name for it, but uh, kind of in honor Spitz, of her mother. Spätzle. Um, no, I don't think that uh, was depends it. on what part of Germany she's from. Also, mm. sure. Well, regardless, uh, big thanks to everybody. Hold on, I'll look. <laughs> big thanks to everybody that joined us here today on Supply Chain. Now, what an outstanding hour yeah. with our friends from Women in Manufacturing and WinTech and a lot more today. Crazy Foundation. Big thanks to Jada Clay, Amanda, and Allie, all behind the scenes making production happen. Greg, excellent, excellent work here today. Big thanks to our guests. Yeah, likewise. Hey, if you take away anything, do good, give forward. Be the change that's needed. Be just like Allison Allison. On that note, sorry. On that it's okay. Note, that was quick, man. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, bye. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.